And I'll tell you guys since we're, since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo. You're listening to The Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 80. In this episode, we will be discussing chapters 6 and 7 from the book Rule of Wolves. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by my dark fairy friend who agreed to run off to Elfheim with me, Lee Bardugo. Moi savienyi, casters. Hello, hello. So, before we get into it, we might as well, let's do our listener cities. Let's do it. So first, I have... Medina Nasser, Egypt. Ooh. And next, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Thank you all so much for listening. We love Thank it. Thank you. So, for those of you that want to support our podcast a little more and reap the rewards, we now have Patreon. And for a hot summer special, we are offering $2 a month for access to all our extra content called Grisha Cast after where we talk a little about the grisha verse and a lot about being best friends there are also tiers that grant you a co-producer and even a co-host status check us out at patreon.com forward slash grishacast or follow the link at grishacast.com and just to let you all know some of the videos you can find on there is a tour of our studio and then a series that we still are doing which is um learning teaching Ravkin, Ravkin ABCs, and yeah, a lot of cool stuff on there. So, well, so we've, if you've listened to us or watch or pay attention to us at all on social media, then you know that we are obviously coming out or releasing a little late. Sorry about that. Um, And we're in two different places. So I'm in the studio and Terry is in her home studio. So deal with us because this is not what we're used to. Used to her being right here and she's not. There may be a slight delay on my end. <laughs> yeah. We're just not used to this. So um it's going to be interesting for all of us, but we are very excited and thank you all so much. Um, just to let you know, we are doing this just to protect the staff and all of us. Terry, would you like to say why? <laughs> well, I had a run-in, a very close run-in with somebody that tested positive for COVID. And even though I've had the vaccine and I've had it before, um, we're just playing it safe. We're just protecting everyone. Absolutely. Terry was actually mid-driving like driving here to record yesterday when i got the call and we're like okay yep we're and we couldn't put things together that quickly um so thank you all at least we're releasing on friday maybe just a little bit late but we're here and thank you to the people that um said that they hope everything's okay and they um jelly and runs Sar Noir and Jeannie and Lulu's Kitchen. Those are all people on Instagram. Thank you, listeners, for um, your concern. We are good, and thank you so much for supporting us. 
So Yes, thank you. Everybody's fine. Everybody's great. We are. Yeah. At least it's not last year when we had to go through periods of me getting it and not having episodes and you getting it and not having <laughs> Yeah, at least that's over. It was like our whole October when we had all the costuming mm-hmm. um planned out. <laughs> yeah. That kind of threw a wrench in that because I think we like our yeah, that's right. Our Halloween episode was in November. <laughs> well, it was. Well, yeah. So, also, there was a very special someone that celebrated a birthday this week that we could not, we would not even be doing this without him. He puts all this together. He works very hard. He is our behind-the-scenes man, and we love him. Our producer, Chris. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! It was this week. It's not today. But still, we got to celebrate his birthday. So, happy birthday, Chris. We love you. You want to say hi? Aw. See? He is there. He is. But thank you. We, We love you. And seriously, we... Wouldn't be here without him because the whole idea of the podcast was him literally, like, putting that in my brain a long time ago. So, um, anyway, we've got some pretty exciting news that we need to get to pretty quickly. So, we have a guest coming on here soon. And if any of you all are familiar, um, if you listened, actually, to our interview with Lee Bardugo... We talked about uh, trans rights and trans gender like authors and just everything about that. And in that conversation, she suggested that we read a couple different novels and then was talking about an arc that she had just read, but um, which was called Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. And anyways, when that came out, I read it. It's a fantastic book. But anyways, he's coming on. We get to have a conversation with Aiden Thomas. And that will be coming out in August, I believe. And um, yeah, we just, we're going to do the same thing. If any of you listeners have any questions you would like to ask Aiden, we would love to hear about them. And um, yeah, we'd love that. We would love to see what you've got. And um, if we're able to ask ask Aiden. So if you will send those to info at grishacast.com and I guess I'll, we'll have to come up with a deadline. I can't come up with it right now, but next episode we'll tell you when the deadline for that is. But it's very exciting news. Um, It's going to be great. I am so excited. So I'm really excited. I cannot wait. Yeah. And don't worry, it doesn't stop there, but we're not going to tell you anymore. So, at least we have to stop there. So, um, real quickly also, just as I'm sure you all have noticed, our fandom has grown, which is great. This is what we've all wanted from the beginning. We have to remember that. We wanted the fandom to grow. And with that, there are now more Grishaverse podcasts. And I think that's great. I think it's wonderful, and we support them. It's just making our community wider and bigger and more accessible to more people. So I just want to say, for those of you that 
are being kind of rude and trolling some other podcasts and leaving some pretty, like, not just giving them a thumbs down, but, like, writing a pretty rough review and comparing it to other, like, other podcasts, no, we are not here for that. We are, we are happy that the, that our fandom's growing. So, anyways, if you prefer one podcast over another, that's fine. And, I mean, that that's good. But there's no need for trash-talking trash anybody else. Podcasts are hard to put together and also not paid gigs, by the way. So, um I just wanted to say that, so please be respectful, and um, yeah, we all gotta love each other, and we're gonna start working with other, like, Grishaverse podcasts, because that's what we all need to do anyways, so that will be in the works as well, so I'm gonna get off my soapbox now. Well, we're, we're all proponents of, um, we all get along, we all um, support each other, so let's keep that going with other podcasts as well. Exactly. So um, thank you all, of course, for being listeners, but enjoy the fandom. That, this is what we've wanted. Things are going to get, that's, that's what happens when things get bigger. And we are just, we're excited to see it. So, and believe me, you'll be hearing from some of them. They will come on the show and we'll have, so yeah, this is, this is a good thing. And um, anyways, but thank you guys for being listeners. And for those of you guys trolling, stop. Mm -mm. None of that, no mo. So. So, Terry, besides like the tragic day you kind of had yesterday, like, or um, maybe tragic's the wrong word. Um, I don't know. Um, unexpected? How are you? <laughs> it was definitely was unexpected. Um, I knew that this person had uh, not been feeling well, but that was the last thing I expected. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just happy that I got the call before I got to the studio. But other than that, I finished my summer classes. Mm -hmm. I turned in my last paper and my final, and I aced all of them. And I signed up for my last two classes. And then I'll graduate December. Woohoo! I'm so proud of you. And by the way, I am, am trying really hard not to speak over Terry. So, um, because if that happens, I think, I guess, the whole world of this podcast explodes since we're not in the same place. So... I love you, Terry. I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. And Thank you. I'm like, I'm really excited that it's near the end and I'm going to take a break because I've got other projects I want to finally work on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to, I'm going to walk. I'm going to wear the whole regalia. I'm going to decorate the hat, whatever it's called. Don't wow. come for me. I know it's called something special. <laughs> But yeah, it's going to be a party. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's been 23 years. <laughs> that ain't easy. No. So, well, you got it. That's awesome. You go, girl. I wouldn't expect anything less than an A. It, you would, of course, you're going to get all A's. You, you ace everything. 
So. Thanks. What have you been up to? Well, um, I've been reading and also I've been, I've got a new thing that I'm going to, I haven't started it yet, but getting ready. Um, I'm going to start working with epoxy resin. Do you know what that is, Terry? Yes, I'm actually jealous because that's one of the crafts I haven't gotten into. You know me, I'm into like every craft under the sun. Um, and that's actually something I wanted to get into because I kind of wanted to mix it into um, like stained glass. Yeah. Well, yeah, I um, I didn't know much about it until I, I don't even know, but I started looking more into it and I was like, I would be really good at like that's gonna be so much fun I have to try that because I have an art studio and pretty much I I have so much stuff in there and I am the type of person that I'll go into Michael's and just go up to one of the employees and be like show me some kind of new craft that is popular right now and I just love it so I've got um so this is really exciting Chris probably is not too excited because I have um I've had to get some stuff and but he's going to be rewarded because I will be cleaning out the studio and trying to get some setup going on because apparently from a lot of the videos I've been watching epoxy resin does not like um water or humidity or you know moisture of any kind so um it's going to be neat. And for those of you that don't know what epoxy resin is, it's pretty much just like it's a, you combined actually these two products and they turn into this clear liquid um, that looks, it's very thick and like a gel. But after 24 to 48 hours, it completely solidifies and hardens and um, paperweight, you can make paperweights out of them, pendants, like, I mean, necklaces. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it because you can decorate it in so many different ways. Not only can you change the color of it, but like put things inside it. And um, that's what I'm so excited for because it's just, you can do so much. And um, yeah, so I'm excited. And now, you know what? Since you want to do it, now you don't have, you can come over and test it out. So heck yeah. Let's uh let's show each other <laughs> our things because you said something about stained glass. So let's just combine them. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I've been doing. So well, we might as well get on into it, don't you think? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So um chapter six is Nikolai, and this is kind of where stuff is really starting to happen. Um, and it's a great chapter, it's very action-packed. So, Nikol- when we start the chapter, Nikolai's watching the Fjordan army from above. He's in one of his airship thingies and um, just kind of watching them march closer and closer to Ravka. Um, and the Fjordans obviously don't know. Um, they think they're about to surprise Ravka. And um, anyways, here is a quote real quickly. And right now, though, he hoped that each Ravkan saint... Kalish Sprite, an all-powerful deity, was looking down with some fondness in their hearts for his country because he needed every bit of help he could get against these odds. So, why did I put that? Because of the word Sprite. Yep. 
I don't know if anybody else noticed, but we now have, it's official, the Grishaverse has fairies. And Kalish fairies. Woo! <laughs> that makes you very excited. <laughs> it very, it, so much. So, I now know that I would go to the Wandering Isle and to be able to be with the fairies, but yeah, that's why I put it that in. It looks pretty on the map, too. It does, doesn't it? We should all take a vacation there. And so, Nikolai's surveilling the army, and he's pretty far up in the sky, but he, um, they, he starts to notice there's a lot of um, Fjordans, so they're pretty, they're pretty outnumbered. And his co-captain, who happens to be also like an inspirational speaker, is none other than Pooh's friend Eeyore. I'm kidding, it's Adric, who really is just such a Debbie Downer. And because in an attempt to brighten the mood, maybe, he says, at least I only have one arm to lose. Well, anyways, I just thought, I was like, wah, wah. Do you have any friends like that? Take. Oh, yeah. I think everybody does. Yeah. I think and there's always that one friend that just has to, well, it could be worse. You could do this. And you're like, okay, moving on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, Lord. It's like they just look at the negative always before looking at any kind of positive. But um, so the Robkin forces have... um made camp about two miles away from where they, they are right now, and Nikolai and Eeyore land. And so I they're looking out. Like, I guess the Robkin army is, like, kind of in front of this big field where I guess this big battle is about to happen. And just in case you guys wanted to know, this field is not is called none other than the Piss Pot. Wow. A great name. Yes. This this magical majesty, like, fighting war is about to happen on the piss pot. So, I just found that hilarious. Like the name. Um, anyways. The Fjordans don't have any clue that the Ravkins, um were tipped off by our lovely little termite, who we know that is Nina. And... So we also at this point learn that Nikolai has some special troops called the Nolniki, which is Grisha and First Army working together. So they actually, in the dead of night, went and planted some mines like in the ground where the Furian tanks would be rolling over. And that's what happens right now. And they roll over and some of them start to explode and blow up and... It kind of looks cool, like, oh my god, Ravka, like, the Rav- Ravka did something. And it, now Firda obviously knows that Ravka's there. So now it's game time. And this is, like, yeah. So they're about to have this war. And one, I, I found it interesting. I was listening to the audiobook of this part, and I just thought it was funny. Like, the voice that she had for when... <laughs> When so Nikolai says for Ravka, and then the soldiers say for the double eagle, <laughs> and I um I love Lauren Fortgang a lot. I think she's an amazing, talented. Um, re- like she reads all of Lee's books, but for some reason, the voice she used for 
for the double eagle cracked me up. And mine sure probably is too. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, um, we also get one of the most, a very famous line f- is right now from Nikolai, which is, I have a surplus of bad ideas, said Nikolai. I have to spend them somewhere. So that's an, a great line. And Tamar is leading the Heartrenders. Nadia is leading the Squallers. And see, like, I found this interesting because I was like, you know, I'm a squalor. So I was like, look at me. I'm in the war. Who would have ever thought, like, I could be there too? Um, yeah. So interesting fashion tip we also learn here is that Grisha are wearing some battle kefta. So what do you think that might look like, Tear? Because I don't I- know. Is it like what we saw in the show where it's the bulletproof ones or are they all bulletproof or i don't know what's happening yeah i don't know i just she lee specifically put in there like them wearing their battle kefta so that's cool because i mean i want to know what that looks like and i love the fact that also we but we've kind of gotten this before knowing that they have a lot of different types of keftas for different events so yeah, they had like the satin ones for like the fate. Mm-hmm. So, well, something to think about. Um, another thing is they're also kind of preparing. They know that Fjorda has Jurdaparem and they use it a lot. So they, um, the Grisha are actually wearing masks um, that um, specifically designed to prevent um, inhaling Jurdaparem. But the Grisha didn't want the masks to symbolize weakness at all. So they painted them, which I thought was cool. And, like, they painted them with, like, fangs or, like, really crazy elongated tongues. Just an interesting side note um, that you can visualize. So I thought that was neat. And, And so they're fighting. And then this massive transport drives onto the battlefield behind the Fjordans, and the doors to it open up, out come people with no uniforms on, and some of them are barefoot. What are these? They're the Grisha addicted to Parem. So, when I kept reading this I um, about them, I kept on saying in my head for some reason, Grisha Parm. Like, I don't know, it reminded me of, like, chicken parmesan, so... The Rav conversion of the Olive Garden's, like, special dish. <laughs> Grisha Parm. Uh, just wanted to let you guys know a little bit about that. So, yeah. To me, it was, like, almost like an army of zombies. Like, in my brain, it was like, unleash the zombies. Absolutely. I I totally get that, too. I, I see it. And, um... So what's crazy is the transport then sprays out an orange cloud of gas and it goes onto our Grisha Parm and they immediately stand to attention. So obviously they just got sprayed with their drug of choice. This is, if you think about this, this is horrifying because we know that how the power can be manipulated with Jirda Parm. And if you have soldiers like more than just one person like i mean just 
they can do so much. And they do. And they um, obviously start destroying things. And it's just insane. They're creating earthquakes. Um, those are happening. But all of a sudden, Tamar recognizes one of the Grisha Parm coming toward her. And it happens to be an old friend who she had met on a mission. Um, Nadia even points out how this adds a layer of struggle because now they're now they face having to kill their own friends. And those are tricky Furidans, like having like this Grisha kill Grisha thing because they like a character says it, the Furidans are having us do the job for them. So interesting. So like I kinda wanted to discuss that for a minute. Like what would you do? Like I mean I know we can't say that we'd be in that situation, but maybe if like, maybe if the human race was like in some kind of battle with aliens from another planet and um, while the battle is going on, the aliens let out a group of humans that um, have been captured and gave them some kind of, I don't know, substance that I guess have gave them unimaginable powers and we could we'd recognize our own friends like that i don't know maybe that's too hard to go off and try to think alien wise but i just think this would be a very difficult battle for the grisha yeah i think it's a lot like the zombie movies where like Shaun of the dead where his roommate becomes a zombie and there's nothing you can do you have to kill them or else they're going to come at you and kill you So I can't imagine being in that position, but if they are, I guess, really hard off, like if they are suffering, maybe killing them would be the nice thing to do, Um, unless you have the antidote and you can fix them. But if you can't, then I guess a clean death would be the way to go. Yeah. It's just, if... Facing that act, like in real life, like facing, like having like somebody come at you that, you know, like, I mean, it's their body, but it was, it used to be them. I don't know what I'd be able to, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. It'd be so hard. Like it really would, if I had to actually face that in reality, I am, um, it's hard. Um, and I don't know if everybody knows that, like how Nina was able to survive by like i mean she went through the withdrawals and got out of it sure it changed her but like yeah so and she only had one dose yeah the like who knows how much dose this is i mean if it's a cloud of it um interesting and how many times they had to do that to practice for the war i just um I'm truthfully, I think it's like it's brilliant, the Furden, like for them to do this. Um, it's definitely a twist in the story. I did not expect this coming at all. Um, I knew that the Furdens had a lot of stuff, um, and uh, like they're very like that they would be well armed with a lot of things, but I did not expect them to actually use the Grisha. And just how ironic that is that we've got the Grisha killing Grisha and feared as totally against Grisha. So tricky little Grisha, I mean, tricky Fjordans right there. Um, so 
pretty much it looks like all is lost. And luckily, the we have the Zemini airships fly in and from the west to aid Ravka, which is really, really cool. Nikolai planned this all along. He, um, way back in a couple chapters ago, um, Nikolai gave the Kirch um, the underwater submarine instruction or how to build them um, so they could use it to blow up the Zemini trade ships um, because they want to be, Kirch always wants to be the number one in trade. Well, little did they know that those ships were actually decoys and they were fake. They had nothing and nobody on them because Nikolai went and then gave the Zemini the airship blueprint. So now... The Zemini still can do their trade. They're just, they're flying over the true sea. So that's awesome because they needed an ally. And also I'm glad that they came and were able to support him. So these airships have, um, oh my God, I just realized. So they're sprinkling antidote um, onto them. But I started thinking about like my Grisha Parm thing. And I was like thinking about sprinkling Parmesan. <laughs> so no. I call it Shakem's. <laughs> would you like some more parmesan on your grisha parm i would like when. some more shakems <laughs> so the antidote it works apparently pretty quick because it lands on them and then they like all of a sudden they're kind of like looking like they came out of a crazy dream and one like one even looks at like nikolai and i, I can't remember the exact wording but like with a question your highness like, that's some fast-acting antidote. So, I mean, anyways, cool that it happens. Um, and the, now we know Novia Zem is an ally, and so does Fjorda. So that's a big thing, because Fjorda went into this war thinking, one, that they were about to go surprise Ravka, and two, that they didn't have any allies. So now we know that they do, and um, that's kind of that's kind of cool. So right now they've they've won this little battle, but we know that there's more to come, and it's just it's terrifying. But it's she did a really good job. I really am like, especially at the beginning of this book, it's action packed, and I'm you know some war books take forever to get to it, but like she just started us off right there, so. I think it was set up nicely in the first book. So with this being a duology, we didn't have to have such a huge buildup. We could just kind of get into it. Exactly. And how she's, she has said how she wanted to make sure that they're, you know, different entries into the Grisha verse. I don't think this book is one of them at all, because this book is definitely designed for the readers that have read everything else. So yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> just yeah. picking this one up. Yep. So, that was the end of my chapter. I just thought it like there are some really cool things in there, and I love the visuals that I got while I was reading it. I am very interested to figure out this. I don't know. I want to know what Battle Kefta looks like, and I just I love that. I think it's. I think it was a really good chapter, and Nikolai's character was great in it, and yeah, some good stuff. So yeah. So now we have chapter seven. Ooh. <laughs> and that follows Nina. And if we remember last week, the new well mother comes in 
and everybody freaks out because she's like, or no, Nina freaks out because she's like, hello, Nina. Weird. And that's, that's like where we left off. <laughs> yeah. So it starts off a little crazy. Um, Nina corrects her and she's like, no, my name is Mia. Uh, Mila. And the well mother actually turns out to be a squalor. Weird. But why? <laughs> um, she tells Nina that Nikolai sends his things for her messages and that Tamar was the one to place her as the well mother when the previous one died. Wow. So she's there kind of as a spy as well. I guess, That's yeah. In- it's interesting. Hmm. Um, we also learn at this point that it's been 13 years that Nina has been in Fierda. So that's a weird thing for your timeline. <laughs> that is. I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's towards the beginning of the chapter. Um, we learned that she's been living in Fierda for 13 years. Like, I mean, obviously she went to uh, Kurt at some point. But I don't know. We're going to have to draw out this whole timeline at some point. (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting fact. Yes. Uh, Let's see. So Zoya also sends a message, says that Nina is in trouble, and that Adric and Leone are at the little palace, and they're doing great things. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> we we only met Adric and Leone in King of Scars, right? Well, we knew Adric from before. Did we? Okay. Yeah, because he was, he's Nadia's little brother. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yes, who got his arm taken off mm-hmm. from probably Ruin and Rising. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So... Afterwards, um, Hana and Nina are talking uh, about uh, this confession that they were supposed to have. And Hana is like, wait a minute, that's actually a Grisha spy. <laughs> that's not the real well, well mother. Uh, so what if when I was giving my confession, I told her something really personal? <laughs> And Nina's like, but what would you have told her? And she won't tell Nina, but instead she blushes. Wow. So, what, what was she going to say? Who knows? Gel. Um, I don't think that's what she was. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying gel knows. Gel knows, yes. No, we don't. Gel would be very disappointed. <laughs> Possibly. Yes. <laughs> so Madame Prunepit actually wants them to find the letters from Tatana Lansov and get close to the Lansov pretender to see who he really is. So, so she kind of came with a assignment. Exactly. So that's really why she did, she's not there just to like thank Nina <laughs> for Nikolai. <laughs> she's She's gotten a. She delivered a message, so Nina now has new orders. And pretty much, wow, ain't gonna be easy. And 
So weird. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So I have a quote now. Um, Nina loved Tuhana became when they were alone together. Around her parents, there was a tension in her, a hesitation, as if she was second-guessing every moment, every word. But when the door closed, and it was just the two of them, Hana became the girl Nina had met in the woods, her gait loose and long, her shoulders free from her rigid posture. Now Hana's even white teeth worried her lower lip, and Nina found herself studying the movement like a piece of fine art, end quote. Wow. That sounds like a little more, number one, it sounds like Hana is uncomfortable in who she is to the outside world. And it also sounds like a little more than friendship between Nina and Hana. Have you gotten that hint before this part? Yes. That's especially, well, okay. So even when we met Hana, um, I kind of was like, she's going to be a little more important. Um, and then as Hana and Nina started talking more, like, I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot going on in my head, but I knew that Hana was never comfortable in what her role to the public was. And then I also knew when Hana and Nina were together that there was something going on, <clears throat> especially because uh, when they were riding the horse and they were talking about when she was holding onto her thigh. Yeah. And so I think there's been hints along the way. And then we know, I guess, I mean, I know that's why Hana was blushing because I feel like she was going to confess that she's had dirty thoughts <laughs> about somebody. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be able to discuss more in a minute because we've got a really cool part coming up, we know, obviously. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see. Like, I am, um, I'm trying to think if I had any speculation of their relationship going, getting to this extent from where we met Hana back in the river on the horse, right? I mean, yes. it's it's gone so far. And um, I don't think I really, like, I didn't expect any of that. And um, it is a very good and different storyline that she had Nina go on, you know. It was very unexpected, too, I think. It was. And I think... If we go back, you can hear me say, I call it. <laughs> you probably I, did. I bet I you... call her and Hana and I ship her and Hana. Um, so and I, maybe it's because I really wanted it and I still really want it. Um, but I remember back in the first book, I was like, just wait. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the way that people ship. Well, I mean, a lot of people ship Alina and the Darkling. Like, really like really 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 ship them and I don't do that so <laughs> another game that we're gonna be able to play which is gonna be kind of cool um I don't think we'll be able to do it since we're not in the same room together is um we're gonna play this game it, it's t so um Marvel has this new anim uh, animated show coming out and it's called what if and it's pretty much it takes a story from the Marvel movies 
and changes something like a dynamic part of the storyline and for instance like what i saw was all of a sudden like um captain captain america instead of being captain america actually was a woman and had like was actually wearing a had a british flag all over like it's changing the story like what would have happened so I think that's going to be really fun, and we're going to come up with different scenarios like that and say, what would have happened if this didn't happen? And I think it's going to be cool to get our listeners to also answer that because that's some cool stuff um, to think about. I, I, love, I love all that stuff. So anyways, sorry. <laughs> no, it was important information that we needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to Nina. <laughs> um, Hannah calls her mom in to tell her that she wants to enter Georgianic, which means heartwood. And it's during the festival of Venetkala, and it is when eligible bachelorettes are presented at court with the intention of marriage. So we've got more bachelorettes going on. And so, of course, Ugh. Nina is freaked. <laughs> yeah. She is, like, panicked. <laughs> and I think we know why. I think because she is crushing on her. So her mom actually, at this point, okay, this is a very weird thing right here that happens. Because her mom actually tries to talk her out of it. I know. She goes so far as to offer her money and says, take it and travel north. Sorry, my dog is barking. It's okay. This is um, what's expected. So. so do you think that she suspects anything? Do you think mm. she suspects that Hana isn't comfortable in her womanhood or what's expected of her as a woman? Like, why would she do that? So I think it's, one, I think it's a mother's instinct because um, mothers, I think, do know a lot about their children before their children know um, about things. And, um, but I also think that the mother, she's, look at her husband. Like, she, I feel like she knows that, like, she doesn't agree, I think, with everything that he feels and does. But she has grown up in a country that is very much like they're just very, you know, they're it just very stern and very old, like traditional like things where, you know, it's just they're not very um, open minded. And I think she, the mother wants just more for her daughter. That's what I think it is. I think that she sees that she started to and under she's not she's there in Fjorda obviously and she's gonna be with Jarl Broom that's her life but she wants more for her daughter she sees possibly maybe some of the like outrageous things that they do and because I mean Hannah's uh, a Grisha is that right? Yes. yeah like well we learned that a while ago yes and um Nina's been teaching her, so I find it very hard that there's been, like, I mean, the mother hasn't noticed that at all. You know, she's she's probably, 
I don't know. That's my thought. I think she, the mother's just gone. She's, she's a mom. She knows a lot. You're a mom. Like, I mean, you, <laughs> obviously. Um, there's probably things that, like, you know about your kids or just, yeah, that they don't even know yet. Do you think that's true or not? Yeah, I mean, I can see that she she knows her husband. She knows how rigid that life is. And there's also a quote coming up later in the chapter that kind of explains it a little more, kind of explains uh, the mother's view of her daughter. Uh, but I also start to wonder if she's seeing Nina and Hannah together as well. Because I think as they're getting ready, I think the mom kind of sees, you know, Nina taking her hand or something like that. So I don't know. I don't know how much the mother knows of that. Right. But I, I think that it's because she knows that her daughter is a little more wild and free and doesn't want to constrict her to that feared and rigid wifehood. Exactly. I think I... Exactly. I agree 100%. Kind of the way like Matthias, like, I mean, he, how he was in the beginning and how he started to all of a sudden start to experience and see for himself how Fjorda, he loved, of course, he loved Fjorda. He loved it for its, like, its values. But it, I think towards the end of his life, he definitely was not loving it for everything that it used to be. He was very, like, he realized how manipulated the Druskella was towards him and like what they taught was very manipulative and manipulated his mind to believing all these crazy, horrible things uh, about the Grisha. And just like, I mean, because that is the, the Druskella, like, I mean, they're not the army of Fjorda. They are a specific group. Like, I mean, they, they are obviously part of the army, but their missions are always an utmost first thing is killing and getting rid of the abominations of Grisha around the world. So Yeah, they're they're literally witch hunters. Yeah. So So let's see. Hana and Nina are getting ready for this magical bachelorette journey. And as they're getting ready, a sweet little scene happens between them that we're going to do now. Um, and this kind of helps set the scene between the two of them. This is very exciting. It's a very good scene. I really have been waiting to do this for a long time, and I hate that we are not in the same room because uh, the, uh, I hope there's not too much of a delay. <laughs> We're going to try this. Um, okay. So, oh, I'm sorry. Give me a second. Okay. So, okay. So, um. Yeah, in this scene, I'll be playing Nina, and Terry is going to be playing Hana. So, and a very special thank you for our background music created by Kendra Dantes in year 26. Okay. So, by the way, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. You're enjoying this, aren't you? Hannah asked as she sat at their shared dressing table while Nina applied sweet almond oil to curl the short strands of her hair, red and gold and brown. 
a color she could never quite name. If, if I am... I guess I'm jealous. I wish I could. Nina tried to meet her eyes in the mirror, but Hana kept her gaze trained on the array of powders and potions on the table. This was your idea, remember? Yes, but I forgot how much I hate all of it. What's to hate? Nina asked. Silk? Velvet? Jewels? Easy for you to say. I feel even more wrong than usual. Nina couldn't believe what she was hearing. She wiped her hands clean of oil and sat down on the bench. You're not an awkward little girl anymore, Hana. Why can't you see how gorgeous you are? Hana picked up one of the little jars of shimmer. You don't understand. No, I don't. Nina plucked the jar from her fingers and turned Hana toward her. Close your eyes. Hana obeyed and Nina dotted the cream onto her lids, then her cheekbones. It had a subtle pearlescent sheen that made it look like Hana had been dusted in sunlight. Do you know the only time I felt beautiful? Hana asked, her eyes still closed. When? When I tailored myself to look like a soldier. When we cut off all my hair. Nina exchanged the shimmer for a pot of rose balm, but you didn't look like you. Hana's eyes opened. But I did. For the first time. The only time. Nina dipped her thumb into the pot of balm and dabbed it onto Hana's lower lip, spreading it in a slow sweep across the soft cushion of her mouth. I can grow my hair, you know, Hana said and moved her hand over one side of her scalp. Sure enough, a reddish-brown curl twined over Hannah's ear. Nina stared. That's powerful, powerful tailoring, Hannah. I've been practicing. He drew a small scissors from a drawer and snipped away the curl. But I like it the way it is. Then leave it. Nina took the scissors from her hand, brushed her thumb over Hannah's knuckles. In trousers, in gowns, with your hair shorn or in braids or down your back, you have never not been beautiful. Do you mean that? I do. I've never seen your real face, Hannah said, eyes scanning Nina's features. Do you miss it? Nina wasn't sure how to answer. For a long while, she'd started startled every time she glimpsed her herself in the mirror when she caught sight of the pale blue eyes, the silky fall of straight blonde hair. But the longer she played Mila, the easier it became, and sometimes that scared her. Who will I be when I return to Ravka? Who am I now? I'm beginning to forget what I looked like, she said, but trust me, I was gorgeous. Hana took her hand. You still are. End scene. Ah! So good. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I love that. For again, the two reasons, we have these two things happening at the same time. We have Hana admitting that she felt more comfortable when she was dressing up as a man. Yeah. Beautiful. So I I think that's very relatable to a lot of people, a lot of our listeners. Um, that you don't feel comfortable in your in the skin you're in, that you feel more comfortable another way. Um, so I love that there's a character like this that we can relate to. Um, and then we also have this same storyline of Hana and Nina getting very romantic. Like that was a very romantic scene. It was. It was it was very intimate. It was Hana 
opening up to Nina and telling her her this like deep, dark thing that she's probably never said out loud ever. And, you know, Nina is like putting this stuff on her lips and on her skin. And it's just, and they're saying they're, they're beautiful. And oh, it's so it's moving. A- it's a beautiful scene. And um, by the way, this was a spoiler that we accidentally gave away. If you hadn't read this um, when we were doing um, in June, when we were doing our LGBTQIA character spotlights. Um, I think this is our very first one. And um, <laughs> sorry, but yeah, it's it's here. And it, it's exciting because it's one, we have, it's, we have a trans character, Hannah. And to like, I mean, and the beautiful thing I think is that it didn't have to even be said that way. Like it wasn't a coming out or anything with using those words, like saying I'm like, it's just the way Lee wrote this. It it's beautiful. And that's gotta be horrifying. You've got to think who her father is and the country she grew up in. I mean, we know obviously they don't like Grisha. I'm sure homosexuality is not a big thing. And so I can just imagine how fearful and how, hard that is and i think it's just so relatable and i think you're right i think a lot of our listeners will get a lot out of it and i that's why i love cemetery boy so much by the way is um just it's groundbreaking and it's a young adult fantasy novel so it's not an adult book but it has like i mean the main character being a trans man is a very big part of the story and it's just incredible. I think it just makes me happy uh, that the the our our children have this world to grow up in. Um, we didn't have that kind of literature when we were growing up, but these kids do, and I think that's amazing. And by the way, Lee was very tricky because we asked in the interview if there would ever be a trans character, and Lee pretended like. Well, she said there would, but pretended like there hadn't been. And when we interviewed her, Rule of Wolves was being, like, edited and everything. So she well knew. Smart. Yeah, she was She was tricky. <laughs> I know. But dynamic scene, amazing and beautiful. So we're back at the um, Bachelorette. There's a thing called Maiden's Walk which gross Ugh. <laughs> i know all this like stuff like that they make girls do it just makes me sick and cringe it's just they're literally showing the girls off like horses yep at this show and um the prince is there woo the prince except he looks really sickly which is very odd as like the prince of fyrda yeah of a place that likes very manly men that the that prince rasmus is sickly yeah and um so during this prancing speaking of gross nina and broom have this completely disgusting conversation where he says he's going to have these new dresses made for her and looks her over in this really gross way and he says something about 
well, men don't worry, don't worry about fashion and like looks at her all gross and sexy and the disgusting. It's so gross, but she's using it to her advantage. Of course. Good. Go but disgusting. <laughs> yeah. But would we expect anything else from Broom? Absolutely not. No. It's also kind of funny, though, that he's like checking her out and flirting with her when she's the one that like literally almost killed him. <laughs> I still am just amazed at the work that Nina is having to do. I mean, the acting job that she is putting into this character, Mila, and how well she is executing it in every single situation. Like, she has not slipped up, and, like, she is... I just find there would be so many opportunities to accidentally slip up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you just thought for one moment, forgot what, like who she was and what she was like, but she's, she's doing great. I couldn't do that. I, I really don't think I like, I mean, not like this kind of job, you know, going, it's like undercover, like getting into people's lives and doing that. Like, wow. I think I hear my dog in the other side of the studio. So um, for those of you yes, listening. Yes, I can hear that. <laughs> yeah. Because Lucy's going a little nuts. She just wants to. She's probably. Oh, it's dinner time. That's what she's. She's upset because I'm in here and she can't oh, get to me. That's what it is. Don't worry, girl. Give it, we're almost done. <laughs> a little bit. Just give us a minute. So um, also Vedic Demidov is also there. Remember, she's supposed to get close to him. Because he's the pretender. Um, but he is there wearing the light blue sash with a double eagle. She says he looks just like the portraits that are in the Grand Palace, which is also weird. Right. And on top of that, the apparatus is there. Okay, so we found her. There she is. We've been looking yeah. for her. Where you go, girl? We mm -hmm. found you up in Furida. Oh. Yep, because we know now. I mean, we we knew that the apparat was like aligned with the whole Vedic thing, so he's actually there with Vedic. We actually see, like, I mean, we hadn't seen him, and there had just been assumptions. Like, he left, he he mm -hmm. disappeared, and I'm sorry, but when we see him now, this is where like I just totally, I feel like you really understand his character as just this slimy man that will cling to power and just will he doesn't really have loyalty to anybody except for himself and because obviously like i mean he ran away he's he's run from ravka now because mm -hmm. he yeah it's just disgusting but yeah he's sorry. a survivor he is he's one of those cockroaches that is going to be like at the end of the world of the grishaverse like he will be there with Izumrud. But he ain't gonna give up. Izumrud would eat him. He's gonna keep on surviving. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm quoting a song. Um, I caught that girl. I'm sorry. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm a okay. survivor. Yes, I'm not gonna give up. Uh -uh. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here is what I was saying before where um like what her mom's view is of hana but also why i think 
the title Rule of Wolves is named for Hannah. I'm excited to hear about this. Okay. So her mom says that they call her Ulfleden, which means wolf-blooded. Because in Fjorda, when a child is odd or behaves strangely, they say her place is with the wolves. It's a kind way of saying she doesn't belong. Wow. So I that's my theory is being wolf blooded uh-huh. is saying that you know Hannah's not like us. Right. <laughs> Uh, so with that saying that she's wolf-blooded and the rule of wolves, I think, like I, I kind of had an inkling at this point that rule of wolves was named for Hannah. Okay. Well, when we first got the name of the book, like, it's very weird. Like, when you first hear it, it sounds like, well, my first impression is, like, when I think of a wolf, I obviously think of Firda. I do, like, automatically. So then when you say rule of wolves, like, and then we know, like, where our story ended and where it's going, like, I don't know. Like, it, it kind of frightened me. I was like, I hope the Fjordans don't, like, for me in my head, like, it's, I just was like, I hope the Fjordans don't rule the world at the end of this. Like, well, yeah, and there's, you know, gel at the front of the, you know, the front of the book. Um but we, there's also two meanings to the rude, the word rule, like to rule as in reign over something, right. but rule as in like instructions. Oh, I never thought of it that way. So wow. I, I think maybe <laughs> we're playing those two words as well. Okay. I'm like speechless. I've not even thought about that. And that like, like the rule did it blow of, your mind. It did. Girl, wow. So I think I think also, you know, Hannah's not playing by the rules. I love it. Love it. Wow. So proud. I have no idea if I'm right or not, but girl, it sounds great to me, so I'm going with it. Well, good. I'm glad I could bring something to the table. Um, so we're at the very end of this chapter. It's Hannah's turn to come up and do some weird, stupid communion thing where it's like, take water from my cup. I don't know. Right. And the prince starts coughing. He can't stop. And blood starts coming out of his mouth. He kind of falls on Hannah and they both fall to the floor. And then the chapter ends. Yeah. That's it. So when you were talking about the prince being sickly, um, yes, it is really crazy that he is, but I also kind of got excited because there is now a known, like, little, like, a small little weakness that we know that Fjorda is trying to hide, kind of, because we know Ravka has, they've done a really good job of hiding their issues, and they've got a lot, like, they're bankrupt, I mean, don't have enough people to fight, and, I mean, they just really have a lot um, to hide, but, like, Fjorda has always looked just like the strong, like, bully, you know, that is just, is gonna win. And it's nice to know that there is a little chink in that system. It's gonna be interesting to read, too. Um, I love, like, I love things like, yeah. Anyways, so, well, that was good. Go, girl. So, Thanks. And 
hopefully this doesn't sound horrible. And for you listeners out there, hopefully you were able to like understand it. We love you. Thank you for dealing with it. Um, we just, um, yeah, we, we do what we can. Yeah. And it is lonely. I miss you being right here. So. Oh, I miss you too. Nobody's here. No. Well, hopefully if things keep going in the right direction, maybe next week. So, um, okay. Well, it is none other than that time. cast news i was trying not to blow out the mic i was not even gonna try it <laughs> okay so it let's go live to our grisha in the field alex hello hello thank you guys so much it has been a hot minute but because it has been a hot minute we do have a bunch of news lee did send out another newsletter which if you haven't got it and you are subscribed Check your spam folder. Everyone in the Discord is saying that theirs have gone into spam for some reason. But in the newsletter, we had a bunch of stuff. We had behind-the-scenes photos and videos from set and the wardrobe department. It was super cool to see. She has also mentioned that they have not started casting yet. So any rumors that you see are not true. They're just fan casts and everything. As well, for casting-wise, when they start casting their stunt doubles and extras and everything, they will be casted in Budapest. So they want to do local, give jobs there, I guess. Um, she also added photos of her dog, Freddy, who's also named Dirty Paws, and I think that is so adorable, and I love it so much. Uh, one more thing that she added, she's answering writing questions... So if you have any questions for Lee about writing and the process and how she does it, or just any tips that she has, you can send an email to lastlee at gmail.com. She'll be putting them in her newsletter, and they are fabulous. It's wonderful advice. She also added that there's more merchandise out from... Out of print, they have shirts, tote bags, and socks. The socks are super comfy. I have a pair, and I love them. Uh... Topatoka, I believe is how you pronounce it. They have art prints and greeting cards, and I believe another print of the Ravkin map. Uh, Reed Pop has more shirts out, so they have the one that I'm wearing currently, which is a Corporalnik shirt. They have the other orders, and they have uh, Inej's knives with the saints written on them, as well as the iconic How Do You Steal Man's Wallet scene in a text form. It's cute, adorable, I love it, and I'm going to order five. Um, One more thing with news, there is a convention, which I keep seeing pop up, but I wasn't sure how real it was or anything. There is a Six of Crows and Shadow and Bone convention. It is called A Storm of Crows and Shadows by Empire Conventions. They have had not one, but two virtual conventions so far where people could order meet and greets with some of the cast and it's been super cool seeing all the screenshots and all the conversations from them they will be having an in-person convention for shadow and bone in january january 22nd and 23rd in france i'm not going to say the city because i know i'm going to screw it up but if you look up the name of the convention a storm of shadows and crows you will find it Um, Right now on the list for the in-person 
convention, they have Amita, Ben, Danielle, Freddie, Jesse, and Kit. So definitely buy your tickets if you want to go to that. Other than that, I think that is all the news that we have for this week. <laughs> have a great one. Bye. Thanks, Alex, for the news. Whew. Thank you. Okay, so I would. we've got some listener thank yous. First off and foremost, we always want to remember um, our friends over at Fable. Uh, that is a fantastic book club app. If you... It, if you are interested, download it. It's great. It's free. And it's a book club community that you can do through your phone. And, hey, we are do- we're doing the Grishaverse stuff. For- so we're doing Shadow and Bone right now. And we actually have content that we're going through the book and doing specific content for them that is not even part of the show. So thank you, Fable. And, um, yeah, check it out. And um, so you... I know you've got some listener shout-outs, and I've got one, so I'm going to do mine. I've got from iTunes. Thank you so much. SMB Obsessed Songstress. Thank you. Make sure to say hello to your mom for us because we know her listening, and we love and respect you. Thank you so much for being a listener, and um, yeah, I hope you both enjoy, keep on enjoying what we've got, so... What do you got, Tara? I've got thank yous from Instagram. We would love to thank the book emperor, Eve Insane, Box Fire K Treva, Gracie Brown 14, Erica Nika, and Jillian Ray. Wow. Thank you guys. Yes. So we're um we're gonna get off here real um We've just got to, unfortunately. Um, I did have a fear to Mary kill for you. Maybe I should save it for next time. And um, so next week's chapters, we're going to be doing chapters eight and nine. And also just to let you know, we will be, the episode will not be releasing Friday morning like normal. It will actually be kind of the same thing we're doing this week. We're going to be recording it friday afternoon so we'll be coming out late friday evening so just let you all know and don't forget to think about questions if you have them for aiden thomas and if you do please email those to us at info at grishacast.com it's been great we love you all and see you guys next week Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. It was. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an in- email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Patreon. Thank you to Kendra Dantes in year 26 and our staff, Chris, Alex, Sid, Michelle, and Amber. 